0: This week, we're diving into Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. Don't worry, this isn't about to become a cryptocurrency podcast, but I still think it's a pretty interesting topic. And there's a lot of interesting research that is not just price hype, but actually serious innovation in terms of distributed systems and crypto economics. And I've been storing up a bunch of podcasts related to that, that I figured I would get through now in one block so today i wanted to feature this conversation on the epicenter podcast with danny ryan danny is from the eve foundation and works on eve 2 and he explains what eve 2 is what the merge is going to be like as well as what the incentives are for the community to stick together rather than have a hard fork like they did last time with eth classic eth2 is a series of major consensus upgrades for ethereum aimed to make the protocol more secure more sustainable and more scalable and at the core of that is the move from a proof of work consensus to a proof of stake consensus. Uh, So instead of securing the network with mining hardware and energy consumption, securing the network with the tokens itself, the ether. And so at the core of that is the bootstrapping and the creation of this new consensus mechanism. And what, as you mentioned, is live today is what we call phase zero. And that went live in December of 2020. And that was really the bootstrapping of this new proof of stake consensus mechanism that is called the beacon chain. So in December, tons of uh, Ethereum community members and different institutions put a a bunch of Ether as capital and collateral into what we call the deposit contract and kickstarted this new consensus mechanism called the Beacon Chain. The Beacon Chain exists in parallel to the current Ethereum network. So in parallel to the proof of work network, which is still securing all of the assets and applications and contracts and accounts today. So we have On the one hand, the proof of work network chugging along, and on the other hand, this new consensus mechanism called the beacon chain existing in parallel to this, building and securing itself. I think today there's something like 4.5 million ether locked and secured in this chain. I don't know what that's worth today. Depends on the minute and the hour. This thing exists. This thing finalizes itself. This thing builds itself. But ultimately what it does is it just builds and secures itself. And this is by design. This is an iterative path to get rid of the proof of work and to move Ethereum mainnet to this new consensus mechanism. Obviously, Ethereum mainnet is used by tons of people, secures tons of value, and there's a lot at stake in this operation. But what we've done is, is built it in parallel, vetted it in production, done tons of tests live, and now what we're working on is actually the deprecation of the proof of work consensus mechanism in favor for this live proof of stake consensus mechanism. So... That's where we're at today. There is a proof of stake consensus mechanism bootstrapped live securing tons of value but really just securing itself in isolation. Then let's deep dive into what, what it exactly does. So right now it comes to consensus on what? It comes to consensus on itself. And it's by itself what I mean is the proof of stake consensus mechanism and all of the, the little gadgets and things in it. So it has a validator set. Each validator is worth approximately 32 ETH. So there's something like 140,000 validator entities in this consensus each one of them has like its own little state it has its balance it has duties it has like a job at any given time it has randomness generation it has information about finality so which portions of the chain are finalized and would never be reverted and it has a lot of just various accounting between finality and and kind of the head of the chain so there's a number of operations related to the functionality of this chain. And those operations are what we call validator level transactions. So system level transactions. And really what it does is there's a core operation called attestations where validators are constantly signaling what they see as the head of the chain and what they see as their local state of the world. And they use these messages to come to consensus with each other and ultimately drive this core like system layer of the chain. There's some other operations related to validator activity like deposits, onboarding new validators, exits, leaving the validator set, and a couple of other things. So really it's like this this it's a proof of stake system and there's a lot of different accounting, different little operations going on and it builds and it comes to consensus on itself. So maybe let's talk about the merge for a little bit. There will be the merge, and the merge um, will merge ETH1 into the beacon chain. So how exactly does that happen? When is it going to happen? I imagine ETH1 and ETH2 have separate states. How is that handled? How do you make them congruent? So let's think about what ETH1 is. ETH1 is, and this is a construction for, ETH1's a lot of things, and there's a lot of different ways to think about it. But for the purposes of the merge, we can think about it in two layers. We have this Application layer or this execution layer, where all of the users hang out. It's where all the applications are. It's where the user layer state is. It's where transactions are being processed and all that. It's really like what I, as an end user, care about. I care about you know my Uniswap trades and that kind of stuff. And then you have this thin, proof of work consensus module that's driving it. It's really like providing the service. It's providing the quality. It's providing the service to this execution layer. It's. The cradle for blocks, it's providing guarantees about reorgs and different things like that. And what we have is really these two layers. We have the proof of work consensus layer providing the application layer to services and to users. And then what we've bootstrapped in production today is the speaking chain, which is a proof of state consensus. And the idea really here is for at one point in time, the proof of work module to be driving that application layer. And at the next point in time, post-merge, that proof-of-stake module, that beacon chain, to be driving the same execution layer, the same application layer. And so the the transactions, the, essentially the cradle of Ethereum right now is these like proof-of-work blocks and that proof-of-work consensus. And post-merge, the cradle of Ethereum, the thing holding it all together, is ultimately the beacon chain and the proof-of-stake consensus. And you can imagine... The essentially that, that payload for the execution layer is essentially moving locations upon some condition. And so people are running software that knows prior to this time or prior to this block height, I'm listening to the miners. And after this time, I'm listening to the proof of stake. But there's like, a number of little details to work through on the actual point of merge and how you maybe handle attacks on this boundary and reorgs on this boundary. But the simple case is essentially you have a chain being built by proof of work at one point in time and that same chain, that same like payload of execution layer that, that end users care about is then being built by these validators. And the nice thing is conceptually these layers are important from like a mechanism design standpoint. But they actually translate into really nice like software reuse. And so we have what we call ETH2 clients, which are these beacon chain clients. They've built a highly sophisticated proof of stake consensus mechanism. And then we have like, what is an ETH1 client? An ETH1 client really is a highly sophisticated execution layer. It's highly sophisticated EVM, transaction processing, mempool management and all that kind of stuff, plus this thin proof of work module that like, literally hasn't been touched since day zero. It's a relatively simple mechanism from the software perspective and it hasn't been it hasn't been touched. And so what the software after the merge looks like is really taking an ETH1 client, which is primarily a highly sophisticated execution layer, cutting out that proof of work module, which is was the driver of that execution layer, and instead of listening to that proof of work module, listening to an ETH2 client. And so the 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 software post merge actually looks like you take these 2 clients, which are highly sophisticated proof of state consensus mechanisms, and you take an ETH1 client, which is a highly sophisticated execution layer, and you smash them together and you have the proof of stake client driving that execution layer, asking questions about the execution layer. So for example, instead of the proof of work module saying, hey, give me a, a valuable transaction bundle to include this block, the Beacon Chain client is instead saying, hey... Geth, hey, NetherMind, hey, open Ethereum. My, my local adjunct execution engine, give me the valuable payload. So there's a state before and there's a state after. Really, that state, there's a beacon state, which is like the system layer state of this proof of state consensus mechanism. And then there's the application layer state that exists in these like proof of work blocks today. And really, this consensus mechanism is really good at, at, at doing that. It's really good at coming to consensus on things. And so it's really just like slotting in its state transition and in its in its state, it's embedding the execution layer state of Ethereum into that. And so if you think about it as like a tree of, of all the things embedded in the, the beacon chain outer layer state that is built and finalized, you're essentially having like the uh, application layer of Ethereum is embedded into it as like a sub component of its state. And so that application layer state right now exists in like the proof of work land and it's really just taking that application layer state and subsuming it into the beacon state which when you finalize the outer state root of the beacon state you finalize everything within it and so you then just if within it is the application layer state uh, that's been consensused on then you get you know these finality properties and the other properties that uh proof of stake is giving to itself so you're spooning over the state but i mean in principle the miners can continue with um, the original chain, right? So basically, this is a natural breakpoint for a fork. Yeah, I mean, it's if anybody wants to run proof of work Ethereum, I think blockchain governments, gov- governance ultimately works. Is that anyone can continue to run it? There's a couple of things that I think might make it not super viable. The Ethereum community has consistently, since Genesis, put this thing in called the difficulty bomb was intended to ultimately at the beginning to, to allow for a cleaner shift to proof of stake. Um, ultimately, like the mining difficulty at these points of the difficulty bomb increases exponentially so that it becomes non-viable to mine that proof of work chain unless you actually hard fork. So that might dissuade a proof of work fork here. But another interesting point is that when in the last contentious Ethereum hard fork, so which created Ethereum Classic, There wasn't a lot going on in the application layer. There really was this DAO thing and then a bunch of like little experiments. Whereas I would posit that if Ethereum forked today and you had a majority community stake in one and then a minority community stake in the other, that the application layer on the minority one is likely going to implode. There's a lot of like interdependencies and a lot of value and stuff here. For example, Oracles may or may not be run on the minority fork and even if they are you have systems like maker which if they're if the the value of the eth on one side or the other drops significantly you have like mass liquidations then dies integrated all into defi and you have rippling the, all the backed assets like usdc oh, tether and, yeah i I also think like the the support for proof of stake in the ethereum community is so overwhelming that i really don't think there will be any debate or any question Definitely from a community perspective, 99.99% are just like, let's do this. We've been wanting to do this for years. Can we just do this? Come on. Whereas you, you could theoretically run a proof of work fork, but I think that it will quickly become a wasteland.